This is uh, basically a continuation of what I refer to as the It's Not You, It's Me series or the this particular line of, of, of thinking, uh, this particular way of reacting. I just, and this, is, this one's very fresh in my mind because it just happened a few moments ago. I had a, uh, I had coffee with a very uh, dear friend of mine this morning, and we were basically uh, in line uh, to order, you know, coffee, and, and this friend actually saw someone that she knew, and I didn't really know, you know, who she was, uh, or, you know, it didn't really, and it doesn't really matter necessarily, but what is interesting is that this person looked at me, this, you know, this lady looked at me in the strangest sort of way. And what I find interesting about it is that it, it, it doesn't really matter so much what, I mean, I know that now, I just didn't know it for a few minutes when it happened and a little bit after the fact, after it happened. But when I was there with my friend and she sees this person that she knows and they're talking for a few minutes and then this lady looks at me and with this, you know, this look that appeared to me and that's where I want to stop and, and really dig into this. I don't know, I have no way of knowing what this lady was thinking about when she looked at me, but it's like she looked at me and somehow I, I did not perceive that it was a friendly look. I just was, I was feeling, you know, I, I felt something when she looked at me and it wasn't positive and I noticed the way that she was looking at me, but that's really where I want to slow things down because what happened was that as soon as she looked at me and I saw the way she was, you know, that I thought that she was looking at me. Now, here's the thing. It has taken me a long time to realize and mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice has helped me tremendously to understand that I, because I am a very sensitive person, I tend to listen very carefully to what people are saying. Now, unfortunately, along with that, I do sometimes, depending on where I'm at emotionally, tend to listen to what they're saying with a very sensitive ear, bringing all the baggage that I have from all my previous trauma and all the things that I've gone through in my life. I tend, because I am someone who struggles with you know body image and self-esteem, when people look at me, I tend to pay a lot of attention because I know that sometimes I'm not feeling good about myself. And there is a tendency, and then even a step further, beyond the physical realm of how I feel about myself physically, there is another layer of just somehow thinking if a person looks at me with what I believe to be a look of either disapproval or that they're put off by me in some way, or a lot of times it is because I'm very sensitive. I think if a person looks at me a certain way that they're unhappy or that they're, they are angry somehow, that there's something that I have, you know, there has to be something that I have done to, for them to feel this way. And what's so amazing about this is, is this is a person I don't even know. It, you know, doesn't know anything about me. I don't know anything about her. And yet when I see the way that she looks at me, I suddenly feel an impulse that comes up 
And what's, what's beautiful about it is, in this case, I was awake. And I felt, you know, and it feels just like, it's hard to describe what it feels like, but there's some sort of impulse to react. It's almost, you know, it is reactivity that is rising up within me. And I am, you know, I've made some sort of decision in my mind. And it's all, it, what's amazing about it is it's almost instantaneous the way that I make that, you know, I make that determination. And somehow I saw the look on her face. I basically looked at her and said hello, as, as any nice person would. She basically said nothing back to me and still continued to look at me with what I interpreted was some sort of look of, you know, disapproval. Uh, some sort of look of derision. There was, there's something. And what is so funny about it is, is that, you know, and I have to laugh at this because of the fact that I have struggled so much in my life and working to recover from people pleasing behavior, from trying to be who people want me to be and my need for people to be happy. It's like, I, you know, I have, it's taken me a long time to learn how to live where I can be happy. I used to always have to, you know, I couldn't be happy unless the people that I cared about were happy. And I can't take on everyone's stuff. I can't, there's nothing, I mean, I, I've learned, I've had to learn to sit with, you know, the fact that sometimes there's things that people are struggling with that I can't help them with. But in, at the end of the day, this is what, and I know this sounds like a lot, all these things that I'm talking about, you know, this is a lot, but I'm doing this to make an example. Uh, I'm, you know, this is a lot more, I think, than I would normally speak about myself, but I'm doing this to make the point, a point. And the point is, is that in my encounters and communications and my uh, relationships with other people, I bring a lot of me to that. And we all do. We, this is, we all deal with this in some way. And we all have, you know, a past. We all have, uh, we all have baggage that's, you know, packed with things that, you know, hurts and pains and disappointments. Uh, with some people, it can be even abuses. It's just, you know, it runs the, it runs the gamut. And my point about speaking about all these things about me was not to overload anyone listening, but it is to make a point that, you know, this is, we bring all these things with us in every encounter we have with other people, even if it's as simple as being somewhere and someone looks at us and we never have any conversation with them, we react somehow. And I realize this is a spectrum. There are some people who don't really care what people, how that, you know, there's people who are so secure in themselves. It doesn't really matter to them how someone, you know, looks at them. And then there's people, there, there's all, there, there's all the way from that to the other extreme of people who are so overly focused and sensitive on anyone that might be disapproving of them in any way or needing them to approve of them in every conceivable way. There's a spectrum. Everybody is at some point on that spectrum. And, the idea here is is to appreciate that we all, you know, have some sort of reactions to, you know, depending on where we are at on that, that spectrum, that sensitivity spectrum, how sensitive we are to the reactions of other people, we will struggle to the degree that we are overly focused on that or that it means more to us than to some people who it doesn't really and they don't care. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. I honestly would rather, you know, I'd like to move a little bit towards that direction on the spectrum. I still want to be sensitive and be caring, but it's a matter of finding, you know, the balance there. And so getting back to this encounter this morning, 
where mindfulness really helped me is that I was able to, and this is, you know, I, I, I'm just as quick to discuss, uh, times when I get carried away and am really believing what I'm thinking and lose touch with the present moment, I'm just as aware. And if anyone has listened to, you know, any number of, of, of talks that I have given would know this, that, you know, I'm just as, but it's also like, I want to balance that with also talking about, you know, that there have been some successes along the way. There's been both, there's been both successes and there's been some terrible failures, uh, you know, sometimes I have just literally lost my mind and gotten completely carried away by, you know, some sort of feeling that has, you know, overtaken me and I've not been able to cope. And I, and I, and I, and I started believing what I was thinking about what I was feeling to the point that I lost touch with reality and, you know, was in my own movie. I was in, you know, I was, I was completely caught up in my own reaction and in my own reactivity. In this case, though, this one felt, you know, kind of like a win. And I don't want to get carried away because the neat thing about it is just because this went well today in terms of me being aware of this, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, that this isn't going to come up again soon and I'll have to, you know, I can't necessarily carry this win forward other than just knowing that, you know what, I know I'm capable. I did it this time. I did it today. And that's essentially what happened. In other words, I realized as soon as she looked at me, and that's the really important point about this, is, and this is where I'm going to bring all this together, is that the way that she looked at me, I don't know if anyone, and I guess everyone's different, I don't know if, it, you know, it, it very well may have just been me. It, you know, I don't know, and I will never know, and it really doesn't matter. I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how much of this was me and how much of this was her. But I know that what I have to do is I have to own what I refer to as that reality of, you know what, it's not you, it's me. You know, I, all, all I can control, all I can do is deal with and work on the way that I react to what happens to me. I can't, there's nothing for me to do with, with this person that I encountered this morning. I don't have anything that I have to convince her of. I don't have to show her anything. I just have to be me. I just have to be who I am. And all I really need to do in order to do that is to do what I did this morning. I became very aware of internally I was reacting. I didn't even really know what exactly was happening because it happened so quickly. But I knew that I was reacting to the way that she looked at me. And as soon as I became aware of it, I didn't have to do anything else. I didn't have to try to not react to it. I didn't have to try to talk myself out of anything. And I also didn't have to get angry about it the way I have done. Sometimes I've tended to get angry when I think someone is looking at me with a look of what I call a look of disapproval. There's a tendency for me to harbor anger and resentment towards that person. At the end of the day, I know now, and this all was a product, a byproduct of me being awake and aware of what was going on. I knew I was reacting to it. I didn't necessarily have the ability in that moment because I was caught up in that reaction. I was still able to be present in that moment, knowing. I mean, I was literally sitting with, even though I was standing in a coffee shop waiting for, for a cup of tea to be prepared, I was still you know, mentally and psychically sitting with this feeling. I like to use that term. I mean, I was having to, 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 to be still with it and I had to, you know, stand there and continue to live my life 
And I had to embrace the fact, I didn't have to, but I chose to embrace the fact that maybe she was looking at me with a look of disapproval. Maybe she, you know, didn't like the fact that I was, oh, you know, that I am overweight. Maybe there's something about the way that I look that, you know, was not appealing to her. Maybe she didn't understand why I was there with my friend having a cup of coffee. Uh, maybe she was having a bad day. I mean, if you start to think about it, and what's interesting is I didn't necessarily have to run through all these scenarios in my head. All I had to do was be aware of, hey, there, I, here I go again. I'm starting, I'm reacting to this. This woman is looking at me this way, and there's somehow I am feeling, I'm not feeling good about it. And immediately there's this tendency to want to follow that impulse of trying to figure out why she's looking at me this way. And, 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 the, and the more that I try to figure that out, the more that I suffer, the more angry that I'm going to get, the more self-righteous I'm going to get, and the more I'm going to create this storyline in my head of why I think this woman was looking at me this way. And at the end of the day, she, it, what it really boils down to is she looked at me however she looked at me. And it's up to me to try to feel good about myself. I am who I am. I look the way I look. This is the me that I have. I can, if I feel like I need to change anything about that, that's on me. I have to do that. But I have to, at the end of the day, where I found myself in that moment, I have to be able to embrace this is who I am. This is the choices that I have made to look the way that I do, to be the way that I am. And this is where I've chosen to be this morning. And that's all I can really control. And I know this might sound like an awful lot to consider about a simple encounter with someone that looked at me in sort of a disapproving, what I thought was a disapproving way. I also want to go a step further and say it is very possible that this was all her. It is also possible, and this is one of my favorite things to remember in these moments, I cannot tell you how many times I have thought someone was angry at me or disapproving of me only to find out later that they weren't, they weren't even looking at me at all. They were looking through me. They were looking around me because they were so caught up in whatever it is they were dealing with. Second of all, that just may be the way that they look. And because, you know, and this really is, it's not, it's not, it was not her, it was me. And by remembering this and internalizing this, you know, I, 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 there's no way that I could deal with situations like this where I put myself through these gyrations. There's no other way for me to stop what I do to myself and all the suffering that I am capable of causing myself if I was not practicing mindfulness and mindful coping, there, I, I just do not see any other way that I could deal with this. There, there, for me, there has to be this awareness. And I know that this sounds like some people might listen to this and think, you know, this sounds very simple. I mean, it just was, you were in a coffee shop and a woman looked at you a certain way. What's the big deal? Well, and that's okay if this is something that, you know, someone doesn't struggle with or find that it causes any sort of reaction internally then that just means this isn't a struggle for them. But we all have different struggles. While this particular struggle may not be something that everyone identifies with, there are plenty of other things that, that are out there that can trip us up. So I could substitute anything for this. Any, anything that someone else does or says or presents themselves in a certain way that triggers or pushes our buttons 
we have the capacity to to react to that. And then once we react to it, we have, we very easily can fall into uh, the trance of believing what we're thinking about it, believing our reactions to it, giving them energy, and going somewhere else and not being here. And I even found myself, even after leaving that coffee shop, and that's why I'm basically speaking about this, because I left there, and it was interesting, because as I was, you know, that's another thing that's interesting about it, is I sat down and had a really deep, meaningful conversation with a friend of mine, and we, I could not have been there for her, I could not have spoken this way, I could not have been present for her, I could not have helped her in any way, shape, or form if I chose to carry that baggage of that encounter before we sat down. And the reason I know this is because I've done this before. I I have been in this very a very similar scenario in which, you know, not exactly the same, where I have let something like this grab my attention and where I get so overly focused on it that I can't really listen to or hear you know, really truly hear what someone is saying to me because I'm not there in that moment with them. I am somewhere else ruminating and replaying the movie in this and in my mind of this, you know, woman looking at me over and over again and talking to myself as silly as it sounds, you know, I'm having a conversation with myself in my own head about why, you know, why is this woman looking at me? Is she looking at me because I'm heavy? Is she looking at me because I look weird somehow? There's all these different, you know, and that, and I know that it all sounds so silly, but it's just, you know, we're human. And I know in the Western part of the world, there is a tendency for people to be very overly focused. You know, this is just part of the culture. I'm not saying that it's right or that it's it's beneficial or healthy, but it is something that we, you know people in the Western world struggle with to a certain degree. This whole this whole concept of uh, 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 you know our concept of self, low self esteem. One of my favorite stories is the Dalai Lama. You know, at a, at a at a conference somewhere, walking around in absolute amazement, he was astonished that people struggled with what's referred to as self-esteem. And he would go around asking people, "Do you struggle with low self-esteem? Do you struggle with low self-esteem?" He was in, and it's amazing to me to think that there are cultures in this world where this is not something that's a struggle. And it really gives me hope that as humans, we have the capacity to free ourselves from all the things that we struggle with in terms of self-esteem. And so much of our encounters with other people, you know, emanate from this and come from this, that it's nice to know that, you know, and, and for me, it's ultimately about utilizing mindfulness practice. And I know now that it, it has changed my mind. My mind now works differently. And, and, and this is nothing superhuman. This is nothing. I, I'm not any more capable than anyone else. It's just literally a matter of training. And the thing to remember is, is that in, in, in the fitness world or in the world of athletics, and you know, fitness training. There's a term which I always love to use, and it's called detraining. And basically, detraining. It was a word. The first time I heard it, it really caught my attention because detraining is what athletes do, or people who are on a fitness program do, to actually, uh, uh, you know, not utilize certain muscles to let them atrophy to a certain degree. And I, I don't necessarily understand all the reasonings behind it. I also understand that detraining can be something that can be referred to negatively, where if you're not exercising certain muscles, that you are, if you're not training, you're detraining. 
So I think that works the same way with the mind. While the, you know, I don't know if the mind is a muscle or not, but I do know that at the end of the day that, you know, we're either doing one of two things with our mind. We're either training the mind or we're detraining the mind. There's no value judgment there. It's just an awareness that we're either doing one or the other. And I'm hopeful that, you know, mindfulness and mindful coping are are ways that we can train ourselves to not react so much to what people do to us, say to us, uh, and just in our overall interactions with them. It gives me hope.